0: Hello, everyone, and namaskar. So today's discourse is a continuation of the reading of the book titled The Liberation of Intellect, Neo-Humanism. And this is a reading of the second chapter titled Bondages and Solutions. The other day I was discussing devotional sentiment and neo-humanism. In discussing devotional sentiment, I said that lack of adjustment with the external world inhibits the internal devotional sentiment. To avoid such obstructions to one's devotion, one should pray to the Supreme Consciousness, O Lord, save me from these obstacles. Kindly save this most precious treasure of mine, devotion. I also said regarding the path of devotion that devotion should not be taken as a mere cult or as a mere principle. It should be accepted as the highest mission in life. Devotion leads humanity towards the stage of subtlety and, finally, ensconces a person in the state of supreme bliss. That is why in the scriptures, devotion has also been called pushti marga, that is, a path by which all human existence becomes spiritually strengthened. The mind becomes more stable, one realizes more and more spiritual bliss, in a word, the whole of human existence becomes blissful. Otherwise, in the absence of devotion, life seems to lack rhythm. It becomes dull, dreary, and miserable. So if human beings become more extroversial, they ultimately lose their internal treasure. It is just like a sprout shooting from a palm seed. The sprout grows fast externally, but inside, there is emptiness. First the kernel becomes porous, then gradually the whole seed begins to fall apart bit by bit, and finally it loses its existence altogether in the earth. At present, in most of the countries of the world, cynicism is becoming rampant. In my discussion the other day, I said that of all the factors that cause this imbalance in the external world, The primary one is geosentiment, which concerns itself with the entrance of one's own locality at the expense of other localities. People have to fight against geosentiment in their individual lives in order to direct their inner beings towards perfection, to develop their latent humanity along the proper channels, and to elevate the demi-humans or half-humans and the quarter-humans to the level of fully developed human beings. And at the same time, intelligent people should no longer remain silent, but rather exhort the people to oppose this geo-sentiment. They must not act like goody-goodies, seeing evil, but continuing to tolerate it. This is very bad. Developing rationalistic mentality through study. I also said that other sentiments, geopatriotism, patriotism geo-religion, Geoeconomics and many more are based on this geo-sentiment. And in the future, clever people may create still more sentiments based on it. All these sentiments certainly hinder the inner growth of human beings. So people must remain vigilant, lest this precious treasure, their inner asset, be destroyed. It is said, Patato Nashti, Murkat Vang, Jagato Nashti, Patakam Moninang Kalaho Nashtina Bayang Chasti Jagrata O clever human being, if you want to be a fool, give up studying. If you want to be a sinner, avoid feelings of sympathy for others. If you want just to live a peaceful life and never be disturbed, then keep silent. And if you hope to completely avoid danger, then you must never close your eyes. Now then, what is the most powerful weapon with which to fight this geo-sentiment? What is the most solid ground on which to challenge it? The answer to both questions is rationalistic mentality. Rationalistic mentality has to be developed in two ways. First, through the study of various subjects. Studies both of the kind called Pata in Sanskrit. Pata means study. That study may be of any subject, and of the kind called svariyaya, study of spiritual subjects. But what about those who are illiterate? Can they not join the fight against geo-sentiment? Certainly they can. They will learn by listening to the discourses of others. Thus, it is a duty of those who have understood to make others also understand. In this way, all will be able to develop and their rationalistic mentality, to fight against geo-sentiment and protect their precious psychic wealth. How will people make their human existence glorious? By rising above geo-sentiment, and by helping others to rise above it also. This geo-sentiment attacks not just from one direction, but from many directions at once. It spreads its roots into all spheres of human life, just as a single banyan tree spreads its roots under all corners of a mansion, ultimately causing its total collapse. In the same way, this geosentiment attacks the whole human personality and annihilates all its noble qualities. The only way to protect oneself from the all-out attack of this geosentiment is to develop rationalistic mentality. Developing Proto-Spiritualistic Mentality Next comes social sentiment which promotes the interests of one's own society at the expense of other societies. Based on this sentiment are many other sentiments, such as social patriotism, social religion, social economics, social art, architecture, literature, and so on. A social group's own deity says to the people, Your God is the true God. All other gods are false. You are the chosen people in this universe all others are cursed. These are the preachings of social religion. Similar is the case with social patriotism and social economics. Let that country be destroyed. I will conquer that nation and drain its vitality for the sake of my own country. This is social patriotism, also called fascism. Let others be ruined. I will exploit that country to serve the interests of my dearest homeland. This is socioeconomics. What is the way to counteract this social sentiment? The only way to eliminate it is to develop proto-spiritualistic mentality. The basis of this proto-spiritualistic mentality is sama samaja Tatva, the principle of social equality. When people understand this principle from the core of their hearts, they spontaneously develop proto-spiritualistic mentality. Proto-Spiritualistic Psychic Structure So this Sama Samaja Tatwa is very necessary to fight against social sentiment. There is no other way. If one avoids this Sama Samaja Tatwa and thinks, I will be a virtuous person, I will be a devotee of the Lord, I will do all sorts of good deeds, but I will not raise my voice against injustice, I must say that it will be foolish. Trying to do good while avoiding the Sama tattva is just like placing the cart before the horse. The cart should be placed behind the horse. It is foolish to place it in front. Sama tattva teaches that the basis of Dharma, righteousness, is the collective march of all in unison. Bishwa Janer, Bayer Tale, Dulima Ye Bhumi, Seito Svarga Bhumi, Sabai niye sabar majhe luki tumi amar tumi Rabindranath Tagore This dusty earth which humanity treads this is indeed heaven you who are within all hiding in every heart you are indeed mine This is the first and last word of Tatwa. This Tatwa is the firm foundation of society And what is it that maintains social dynamism on this firm foundation? It is the proto-spiritualistic psychic structure, the proto-spiritualistic mentality. This proto-spiritualistic mentality has been moving eternally towards a Supreme Entity. Its undulating waves have no beginning or end. They spread out in all directions endlessly. No one can stop its movement. No one has the power to stop it. And the Supreme Consciousness also wants this proto-spiritualistic systolic movement to continue endlessly until it finally merges in Him. Once a person is established in this proto-spiritualistic flow, what happens within his or her mind? Devotion as a cult is transformed into devotion as a principle. Only at this stage, when devotion becomes a principle, can one fight against social sentiment. Next comes the so-called humanistic sentiment. I say so-called humanism because it is not motivated by any perennial source of inspiration. The humanism which is not motivated by any perennial source of inspiration is bound to become a formality only, devoid of real sincerity. It may die out at any moment, like a river which ends in the sands of the desert. So it must be motivated by a constant and perennial source of inspiration, which I call new humanism. When this new humanism operates in the external sphere, then internal devotion as a principle is transformed into devotion as a mission. Finally, the source of inspiration for this new humanism is spirituality as a cult, and when this surge in new humanism overflows in all directions, making all things sweet and blissful unifying individual life with collective life, and transforming this earth into a blissful heaven, that very state of supreme fulfillment is the state of spirituality as a mission. That is, spirituality as a mission is the source of elevation, the basic source of all elevation, to the highest state of attainment in human life. The other day, I explained the external factors that disturb the balance of mind, and today I have spoken about the psycho-spiritualistic processes to counteract those destabilizing factors. Those who move along this path make their lives glorious and effulgent, and their sweet radiance illumines and glorifies all other minds in this harmonious universe. In that state, whatever they come in contact with in the world, they will be able to distinguish the pure gold from the impure, the true from the false. On these people alone can all of humanity rely. Their victory is assured. February 28, 1982, Calcutta Thank you.